I'm a 26-year-old male and I found out my 26-year-old wife has been cheating on me for the past month. Oh, and I found out this morning, six days into our honeymoon. We've been together for six years. She left her phone while she went to get food at the resort we're at. I saw a message from a Monica that read, can't wait to see you. Don't let your worry of him knowing ruin your trip. Love you so much. Also a ton of messages back and forth about how much they love each other or some shiz. Sitting in the airport completely numb. Her only defense is, this wasn't supposed to happen. She claims she caught feelings for a temporary worker at her job for the holiday season. We work at the same 2000 plus person company. She wants a second chance but won't tell the other guys she's done with him. I need some reassurance that I'm doing the right thing by telling her we're done. I made it home safely and I'm staying in my parents' house until I can find my own place. She left me a voicemail this morning crying about how sorry she is and how she's meeting the guy today to break things off with him. The fact that she wants to go through the proper face-to-face breakup with him is a slap in the face to me after everything. On top of that, there will be zero proof that she actually does anything at all. Yeah. The way I think she sees it is that if I don't take her back, she has a backup plan. Screw this shiz. I've got an appointment with a lawyer tomorrow. After two days, my wife finally decided that she was going to end it with this other guys. Naturally, I wanted proof, so I sat there while she sent the messages and showed me the responses back and forth. The first thing that struck me as odd is that every time she said anything to the guy, she prefaced and ended with how sorry she was. Secondly, the guy expressed that he deserved a face-to-face after everything. So after pussyfooting around and being nice to the guy, I told her that she can either end it completely or I was leaving for good and never coming back. So I dictated to her that he was never to contact her, see her, or attempt to see her in any way ever again. To this, he responds, okay, wow, unbelievable, and that she needs to tell me the whole story if I want to continue marriage since I, quote, deserve to know. Now up until this point, she is adamant that the most she has done with this guy is make out with him. Well, wouldn't you know that after a little bit of pushing, she would crack and admit that she did the deed with him. At this point, I am done. She's been caught in a second lie trying to lessen the damage by the first. She can do nothing to make me even want to consider staying with her. Yesterday, we went and picked up divorce papers and decided that we would not get lawyers involved in dividing our things. Over the course of this, she of course tries the old, we can make this work I know we can, etc, etc. For a moment, I think it over, so I ask if she's talked to the guy since she broke contact. She had been texting him since the minute I had left. Absolutely disgusting third strike. Let me introduce a third person at this point. My mother-in-law, who is a firm proponent that we can work things out because we love each other. I've never had so many calls and texts from this woman in my life. As a side note, her mother has been divorced twice. The first time, surprise, for cheating and knows what it's like and doesn't want us to have to go through it. Now yesterday, we decided to divide up our stuff in an attempt to be somewhat fair. We each got a second person to mediate, my brother and her mother. Everything went fine until the topic of who would get our two cats came up. At that time, it was thrown in my face that it was only fair that we should each get one cat. Now I love my cats and I'll be damned if this bee is going to get them and try to tell me what's fair. So naturally, I let her know that this is simply not happening and here's why. So her mom, completely calm through most of the process, completely flips out and starts screaming at me that I need to settle down and be nice. My brother, of course, jumps 
jumps in and tells her where she can shove it. At this point, my wife says she doesn't want to hear it anymore and surrenders the cat to me. Her mom, despite her attempts earlier to tell me that I was being a jerk and that I had to be nice, decides it's time to tell me that the only reason I want the cats is to hurt her daughter. I had a couple of private messages about our living situation, so here it is. We have a shared apartment together. What she originally thought was going to happen was that she is going to keep living there, which I'm fine with. However, she thought that I would pay half the rent until the lease is up in two months simply because my name is on the lease. I told her that is certainly not what is going to happen as I don't even live there, don't want to live there, and have zero intention of ever living there. So I contacted our landlord and had them remove my name from the lease. On a final note, during our division of accumulated stuff, her mother tried to make me promise that I wouldn't go to HR over the affair because that would, quote, ruin her life and that that would be pretty petty of me to do. Because of how things were going, I kind of nodded and said, sure, whatever. At this point, we began to talk about work. We both work at the same company, but not in the same department. So realistically, we wouldn't see each other that much, but could pass each other in the halls or whatever. So I told them I would not feel comfortable working in the same place as her. Of course, her mother jumps in with the, well, she's worked there longer, so you should be able to find another job. Needless to say, there isn't much to say besides, well, no, that doesn't matter. So the go to HR and tell them about the affair to get her fired if work becomes uncomfortable is still a viable option that I'm very carefully considering. I'm moving my stuff out of our shared apartment today, so I'm in a bad place right now, but it's what's best in the long run. Not really sure where to go on the whole work situation and would appreciate any advice, reassurance, or kind words. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, and it kind of feels like it's killing me. Our company has a strict policy where you cannot engage in any kind of amorous activity with a co-worker under the same manager. The fact that she's the senior rep on the account that Temp was working on certainly won't help. So, what advice do you have? This seems like the ultimate example of the wife being the one that wants to have the cake and eat it too. She wants the backup plan of this other guy, but doesn't want to formally end it in case things don't work out with her husband, and vice versa. It's like she's just trying to mitigate all of her risks on all angles. Not only between the relationship with these two people, but also with her employer with the whole HR thing. The part that is the most curious about this whole situation is what the other guy, not the husband, but the other person is referring to when he says that the husband has the right to know. That wasn't really explored, but I'm guessing it probably has something to do with how long they've been seeing each other and how it was a lot more than just a kiss. How did it end up like this? I mean, the fact that she did get caught up on a second and third lie already seals the deal in this whole situation. As soon as a second lie happened where she said it was only the kiss, but then it ended up being far more than that. She admitted to actually doing the deed with him. And by admitting that she admitted to lying in the first place, which how can you believe the rest of it if she wasn't being honest from the beginning? I mean, at least she did give an answer that she was still talking to him. At least she didn't lie about that at the very end. But at that point, I mean, it's so far gone. But let me know what you would do if you were in this situation. Am I the jerk for refusing to see other options for a girl and pressing charges for what she did to my son's car? I'm a 39 year old male and my my son, who's 17 years old, Bryce, dated our neighbor, Lana, who's also 17 for a year. They broke up in mid-January for reasons I don't know. I won't sugarcoat this. I never liked Lana. She always seemed a little unhinged 
unhinged, controlling, and aggressive, and she's always demanding Bryce's attention. And there were quite a few times when she showed up at her house out of nowhere, whether it's 7 a.m. or 11 p.m., because Bryce wasn't answering his phone, screaming and calling him a cheater when it wasn't like that. The thought of our son getting treated like that by his girlfriend made us worried so much. My wife and I tried to talk him out of that relationship. We said how it wasn't normal nor healthy. We didn't want to force the breakup because we feared Lana would lash out to him, so we tried to do it in a sneaky way. We don't know if it worked, but they ended up breaking up. He said that after he broke up with her, Lana didn't contact him, which was weird because he expected her to go nuts. But I told him that if fate didn't give him any trouble, he better not tease it. Now, the problem is that we bought my son a car for Christmas. Nothing fancy, but enough to get him to school, his job, and eventually college. He parks it in our driveway outside of our home. Ever since the month began, we have been finding scratches all over the car. We know Lana was doing it, but since it was minimal, my son decided not to do anything, even if we could prove that it was her. We have our own cameras. Still, something seemed off for me, so I decided to switch on the cameras facing his car directly just in case. Well, two weeks ago, we got up and we found my son's car covered in a ton of stuff. Paint, glue, feathers, confetti. The door handles were wrecked, flat tires, paint all over the windows. You get the picture. Bryce and my wife were so distraught. We called the police and I handed them the CCTV footage that showed Lana and her brother, who's 23 years old, destroying my son's car. We pressed charges and needless to say, Lana's brother went straight to jail. But since she's still a minor, her parents want to make a deal, but I refused. I don't think she should get a way out. Before the police were here, she was laughing her head off and she tried to play it cool. If she thought this was funny, then she's old enough to face the consequences. My wife and I want to stand our ground. They said they'll buy my son a better car and put Lana into therapy, but it's not enough. So, am I the jerk for refusing to see other options for a girl and pressing charges for what she did to my son's car? Some people just want to see the world burn. Lana sounds exactly like the dad described. It's totally unhinged. The fact that she went radio silent for that long and then just came back by basically destroying the exterior of his car. I'm assuming that is going to have to be totally scraped off and repainted because the scratches that she was adding to the car weren't enough. It seems like this girl probably just has a little bit too much time on her hands. I mean, if she's running around with enough time to obsess over stuff like this and scratching cars and destroying them and convincing her brother to go do this with her, she could probably use a hobby or two. It almost seemed like not only Bryce, the son, but the parents themselves were afraid of this breakup happening. And you know it's going to be bad when the parents of the person that is dating the person are afraid for a breakup. So if you were in this situation, would you press charges? Would you accept the deal that Lana's parents were making? Or how would you handle it? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for refusing to add my ex-husband's name to the title of the bookshop that I inherited from my father? Here's some context. I'm a 35-year-old female and my ex-husband Kevin, who's 37 years old, got separated two years ago. We share custody of our two kids who are nine years old and five years old. My father owned a small bookstore in our hometown that I inherited recently. To be honest, the shop doesn't bring in a lot of money and I already have a stable income. Kevin found out about this and called for an urgent meeting. He came over to my place and said that he wants to talk about the bookshop. I said, what about it? He told me that now that the bookshop is officially mine, that I should add his name on the title and split whatever profits I get 50-50 with him. I was in shock. I told him he had to be joking, but he reminded me that when his dad passed away and left him inheritance money, that he shared it with me. Therefore, I owe him half of my inheritance 
inheritance now. I didn't know what to say, but I mentioned to him that yes, he did share his inheritance with me, but that was while we were married. Now, it's a different dynamic, and we no longer share anything. He got upset and argued that I technically owe him regardless of whether we're still together or not, and urged me to consider because the money will be going towards the children anyway. We had a loud argument that I ended up saying that this will only ever happen in his dreams and telling him to wake up, and then I told him to leave. He tried to lash back, but I insisted that he leave. He had his mother call me saying that I lied, deceived and stole from her son in the past, and now I owe him. Not just that, but said that I should be rid of my pettiness and resentment towards Kevin and do the right thing for once. We fought on the phone, and yesterday, I was shocked when my nine-year-old son called me a thief out of nowhere. This escalated the fight because Kevin got the kids involved. I think that technically I do owe him because I can't deny that he shared his inheritance with me, but I think that now our circumstances are different. Like when we used to share our salaries, but now I don't expect him to do the same anymore, obviously. Still, I might be the delusional one, so am I the jerk for not splitting my inheritance with my ex-husband, even though he split his inheritance with me while we were married? I'm assuming here that legally she probably doesn't owe him anything because they aren't married. The timing just happened to work out so that she got half of his dad's inheritance because they were married during that time and he gets nothing because they weren't married when she got her inheritance. I could see why that would feel very unfair to Kevin, but legally, I don't think he has any claim to the bookshop. We don't know, but I'm guessing that his inheritance was probably somewhat substantial, otherwise he wouldn't bring it up. And this bookshop, it sounds like, is not very substantial at all. As she said here, it doesn't really make very much money. It's interesting, though, that despite what's legal and what's not legal, she actually says that I think that I technically do owe him because I can't deny that he shared his inheritance with me. So she's saying that she feels as though she does owe him, even though that's not what she's telling him when she's communicating with him. I think ultimately the decision is going to come down to how does she feel about her husband, her ex-husband, and how is it going to affect the kids. But if this was you, what would you do? Would you give him half of your inheritance or would you say no way? Jerk or not a jerk and why? Reserve a bike locker when you shouldn't. Nothing a $20 pair of bolt croppers can fix forever. The town in which I live has full-size bike lockers, very secure. On these lockers are signs saying you can't reserve them by leaving them locked and empty. This is how it started. I regularly commuted from my hometown to the next big city. I used to cycle each morning to the train station, wheel my bike into a locker, lock it, and go to work. One morning, I get there and all the lockers are used. It's a real pain, but I get my wife to drive in, take my bike home, and I go to work. The next morning, I get to the lockers 30 minutes sooner. It's 7.30 a.m. Thinking, I just needed to be there sooner to get a locker. Nope all used. I start to wonder what's really going on, and I get on my hands and knees and look under the doors of the lockers, and nearly all of them are empty, locked by people. First, I try to be reasonable. I call the council, who have the don't you dare lock these when empty signs on them, and they avoid all responsibility, saying it's the train station's responsibility. I ask the station manager, who claims it's the council's responsibility. So, I go to eBay and make it my responsibility. It's frightening what you can 
can cut through with a $20 pair of bolt croppers. The next Saturday, I drive to the train station and for every locker that's locked and doesn't have a bike in it, I crop the lock and take it. About 80% of the lockers were like this. Then the sweet revenge happens on Monday morning. I just turn up and watch. People cycle up to their lockers and find that the lock is gone. No way for them to safely leave their bikes. I got to enjoy the dawning expression of surprise and then frustration on three people's faces as they had to go through the what I do now? There's no way to lock my bike type of pain that I did before. Next Saturday, I did it again. Then I became addicted to it. I drove out to the next two train stations on the line where our council's territory ended and did the same to the lockers there. I kept it up for about a month until the locks stopped being used to reserve lockers. I still have the bolt croppers. Am I the jerk? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So in this case, it doesn't actually solve his problem of being able to put his own bike in there because once he destroys the locks, then nobody can use it. But maybe that was just his way of sending his sign to the council and the train station that if he can't use it, nobody can use it at all. One of the comments asked him, where did you dispose of the locks? He says that he kept them in his workshop for 10 years. One of them was a thin but boron steel lock. It was not cheap. It took a huge amount of effort to get through that one. There's got to be a better solution for this whole situation where maybe there's a cutoff time where at the end of the night, all the lockers automatically open. I mean, there's got to be other solutions that are better than just give people the key and leave a sign that says don't leave it empty and lock it. So let me know what you guys would do if you were in this situation and jerk or not a jerk and why.